This is the TSG Multimedia Podcast for June of 2022. We're sponsored this month by the TSG Train Crew on Patreon. Thank you very much. I'm your host, John, and we're coming off a pretty busy month here. In case you're new to this program, I'd like to tell you a little about it before I get started. This podcast has been published every month since January of 2010. It might be the longest continuously running train-related podcast in existence right now. It started out as just an audio podcast. Then in August of 2010, I started producing monthly video podcasts in addition to the audio podcast. So for a few years, there was a monthly audio podcast and a monthly video podcast that came out about two weeks apart from each other. At some point, I decided to combine the two together into the same show, which is how it's been done for probably about the past five years or so. This podcast is all about important train-related news and events, but it's also a great way for me to connect with you so that you know what to expect in the coming months on the channel. You can find the video podcast on YouTube, and you can find the audio podcast just about everywhere you can listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Podomatic, and many others. All you have to do is ask your favorite search engine to find it. I started a Patreon presence in 2018 as well, so if you like what you see or hear on this program, check that out too. It's at patreon.com slash tsgmultimedia. All right, so let's get started. Hi, hey, we are actually doing something today. I'm standing in Silicon Valley Lines. You've seen this place on the channel a number of times now. And what we're doing today is my friend James that I've mentioned before, who just came in the door, that's what that slamming noise was. Let me borrow the locomotive that's off, just off camera here to my right. It's actually one of those scale trains, big blow locomotives, the rivet counter one, museum quality, all that stuff. And at home, the bench that I work on is too small to show the thing running. So what we decided to do was run it here. And I needed to return it to him anyway, because I borrowed it from him. So we're going to do that testing. And that was just something train related that I was doing today. I want to come back with James, though, because I want him to talk to you about Silicon Valley lines real quick. So I'm going to see if I can get him to talk on here. And we'll be right back with that. So this is James, and we're embarrassingly close to each other right now, just so that we can appear on the camera with this amazing train over his right shoulder. But I wanted to bring him on here because when you watch the product spotlights and I say, oh, my buddy James called me up and said, hey, I have this cool, yeah, I have this cool model. This is the guy. And I, I know you've seen him on the channel at some point because I know you've been on it, mm. probably on a live stream or something, calling in or whatever, something like that. But I wanted to have him come on here because James is currently the president here at Silicon Valley Lines. And besides the fact that I wanted to thank you for letting me borrow the uh, locomotive for the product spotlight, I wanted a chance for you to tell the viewers about Silicon Valley Lines a little bit. Silicon Valley Lines is a club in San Jose, California. We're located just south of downtown, and we are a transitional and modern operating layout with a focus mainly on operations. Our layout's about 20 foot by 72 feet, and it's dual level with the helix kind of actually in the middle. And we do point-to-point -point operations as well as some return-to-home operations. And we usually do those at the end of the month. 
And if you'd like more information about operations, you can find that on our website at siliconvalleylines.com. So, hey, man, I noticed you're using a fancy controller there. What is that? This is the TCS UWT50P, and this is the potentiometer version. Is that what the P stands for? Yeah, Probably. There's a 50E, and that's the encoder version. The, the difference between the two is how the knob works. So the knob on this one can only go, I don't know how many degrees that is, but it's most of the way around, but it's got some hard stops in it, like right there in the middle. That's 50%. And that makes it so that this one kind of has a cool feature where you could put it into yard mode where you put it down in the center and you have reverse or forward depending on how you have the throttle set up. In software you can define which direction these are if you prefer one over the other. Personally that was my biggest selling feature for this one. The reason I bought it was because of the yard mode. I personally like that feature and I run that on my phone. And if I'm using a uh, NCE throttle, I do the same thing on there. But this one, since it's got the physical stops, mm -hmm. uh, it also has a couple of side buttons here. And they go up and down, and you can press them in for selecting different things. You can set functions to them, like uh, the ones you use the most. So on the side, you can put, like over here, you can put bell or horn when you press it down. You can uh do... Yeah, I, I want to mention something because as you were showing the buttons on the side, the lights on the layout were changing. That wasn't from the buttons no. on the on the <laughs> remote. But also, did you already say this? I don't remember if you said you said it was TCS, right? Yeah, this is TCS or train control systems. They may have a couple on their website, but right now some of the parts that they have are like everything else almost impossible to get a hold of. So if you want something like this, these ones are I think two or one ninety nine for this model here, and then the larger UWT one hundred is I think three hundred. Wow, for a throttle. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll stick personally with Y throttle myself. Yeah, um, I've been using it for years that way, but I finally decided I wanted a uh, physical throttle because I kind of like the tactile feedback of it. And I also bought this one on the pre order thing year like a year ago. So I got it for 150 or so, but right now they're $200. Uh, when you compare them to other throttles, they kind of are roughly about the same price. But the advantage of this is I can go to a Digitrax system and use it on Digitrax or here at SVL, I can use it on our NCE system or at home, I have a Digikai's DR5000, which basically runs JMRI on the top of that. And I can just hook it up to my system. So it almost is like having a phone with, with wide throttle yep, or but it's engine a physical driver. version. And yeah, that my, is biggest, cool. my biggest issue with uh, engine driver on my phone is I am horrible at palm rejection. I will send engines all the way around the layout on accident at full speed when I'm not paying attention if I'm talking to somebody. So with this, it's a lot harder to do because there's the physical throttle detent in there. And I actually want to pull my thumb off of it when I'm not using it. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, there's a whole lot of features, and I haven't even scratched the surface, and I've had this thing for a month. And it's very software-definable, so you can like change all your default buttons up here and such. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just wanted to mention it because as we were you know, running that train around for the spotlight, I'm like, hey, that's a cool throttle. What is this? Is that that's so you can see yourself? That way you can check out your teeth when you're in the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, it also has a flashlight on it, which is uh, pretty interesting. I don't know if it's bright enough in some people's really dark layouts, but uh, here at SVL, it works out pretty fine. Do you know what we can use it for here tonight? Hmm. We're going to have a shot of the 
turbine starting up inside the model, Perfect. we can light it up with that thing or with one of these phones. But anyway, thanks for mentioning that because, I, like I said, this is one of these things where, you know, just random stuff you notice when you're doing other stuff and it's model related. So I thought it would be worthwhile to have on the mm -hmm. podcast. So cool. Yeah, not a lot of people know about it yet. So and I'm hoping that this spurs other companies to update their throttles and come out with new stuff because in my opinion, competition is great. Hi again. So we're done here at Silicon Valley Lines. I think we got what we needed here. It was mostly two things. I needed to return that model to James and we needed to do the shots of the model running on the layout. And of course, I wanted to have James do a little plug for SVL. And I think we did everything that I thought of doing here. So it went really well. And we're going to go try to find some food now and go home and go to sleep. Hi, this is one of those things that I did this month. And I came here to work with Jack on a video, one of the model railroading with Jack Burgess videos. And I thought I would take this opportunity to do a viewer question. It was a comment that came up on one of the videos last month. And it popped into my head just now when we were recording. And I asked Jack if he would answer this question because this is really something uh, that I think Jack is very qualified to answer. <laughs> the comment was, why choose a time and place when you can create your own fantasy location and custom livery to make it your own and use more types of locomotives and rolling stock? And boy, I think, Jack, that you're the one person I know who could answer that best because you're about as focused in on a place and a time as anybody that I know. So what would you tell someone who asked that question? Well, one obvious answer is you're buying a lot of stuff. Do you really need to buy all that stuff? If you're buying kits and you like putting kits together, fine. But can you use them? What if you bought a kit for a structure and then turns out you had absolutely no need for it? If you model a real thing, you don't have to go as far as I have, but you can have locomotives that represent the same thing you see out on this when you're cruising around. Uh, the equipment, if you're modeling today, you're not going to see boxcars. You're going to see containers. And maybe you don't like containers, so you have to pick a time earlier. Um, so I, I think it has a lot. Monitor prototype has a lot of, of pluses as far as I'm concerned. I don't have to think about what the scenery is. I know when I got all the track work done that everything's going to function because I was copying the real track plans for the yards. So if somebody is doing switching in a yard, they're doing the same thing a real person did. You're not running around something four times because of a weird arrangement of the tracks and so forth. So uh, I would add personally that it drives me to learn more, but a lot of people would say, well, that's not a hobby to me. Yeah, that's work. Yeah, but um, I've been doing this for 50 years. Same prototype. Uh, I have not thrown things away, and um, and the layout's done. So that's also a departure from what most people say. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a whole different conversation, though. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's so unusual. I, when I finished the layout, and I knew I'd finished it because every building that I wanted to build was done. Not all the cars were done, but the layout was done. And I wrote an article for Great Model Railroads, and Andy Sprandio was the editor at that time. And he told me later that when he saw the title, 
that the Malayan has done something like that. He, he was in denial. He said, no one, no one finishes a layout. There's always details you could add and so forth. And I didn't, I threw the details I still had away. And Andy then told me that by the time he got done reading my, my article, he was convinced that I had truly finished my layout. Mm -hmm. On May 18th, we had a great Talking Trains live stream. Michelle was out of town, so I asked Heath from Humanity Junction to be my guest co-host. He was nice enough to agree, and we had a great time talking about all kinds of train stuff, from model railroad operations to scenery to a steam locomotive restoration project that I've been following up on at the Western Pacific Museum in Portola. This show is definitely worth catching on the replay if you missed it. Then on the 28th, there was an episode of TSG Live Model Railroading all about Mike Jordan's produce broker. Mike introduced the idea on the Talking Trains show that I just mentioned a second ago, and then we did a deep dive on this program. If you like model railroad operations and want to hear about someone who does it in a very detailed manner, you can't miss this show. The amount of prototype information that Mike has packed into his ops is pretty amazing. And to me, it sounds like a lot of fun. All right, so I'm here at a place called Santa Margarita Ranch. And there's an event happening today called... <laughs> called the Best of the West. And they have steam tractors, all kinds of farm equipment. And as you can see, they also have a steam train attraction attraction out here. This steam train pulls coaches here from Disneyland, which is pretty cool. We're here to check out the train operation and the event, and we're going to do a video about the place while we're here that'll be put up on the channel eventually. It's about 160 or 170 miles away from San Jose, where we came from this morning. So this is one of those things where you never know who you're going to run into. So we're out here just making a video about these trains. And one of the people I knew I was going to run into is our friend uh, CJ, because he was one of the people that told me about this event. But I'm in here getting a hot dog and some guy walks up to me. He looked just like this and he says, hey, man, I'm on the train crew. And it's amazing that you're a real person or something like that. And I'm like, this yeah, weird seeing you for real. Yeah. So tell the camera who you are and what you're doing here. Bruce. I'm Bryce Reynolds, and I'm currently operating as both dispatcher and engineer up here at the Pacific Coast Railroad. Uh, the train that you can't quite see just out of camera is the number seven, but we've been running around the railroad now for a couple days. It's running great. And this is actually the first time this diesel has operated on this railroad and has done a super job. Awesome. But, you know, just goes to show. What's your... I'm going to put them on the spot now. What's your favorite thing about being on the TSG train crew? All the great videos you've So you like the previews? All of it. Yeah. 4K, well, non-4K. It keeps me in touch with what's going on out there because I'm busy. Right. I'm doing things. And sometimes I go, I didn't even know that was happening. But I get to enjoy it through your operation when otherwise I would have just missed it. Right. That's why we're here. So, like, I almost missed this. And if I had done that, then I'd have to watch your video. And the no, I'm probably going to watch it anyway. The video is probably going to be pretty good because I'm not planning to be in it at all. <laughs> this guy standing next to me I've been hearing about for like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. This is Jeff Badger, the legendary Jeff Badger. 
everybody I run into at these Steam events is like, oh, hey, do you know Jeff Badger? Oh, you should talk to Jeff, but Jeff Badger, Jeff Badger, <laughs> Jeff Badger. So today I finally met him in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I don't, like I knew you. Anyway, we're in something really unusual in this building. And I want him to tell you what it is, because this is one of those really cool things that you should come out here and see it. What is this building? Well, this is the Santa Margarita Rancho de la Cortona Mission Extension or Mission Assistance okay. building. This is probably the first known stone and mortar building built in California in 1774. 1774. Yeah, Friar Missionaries as they were going down the El Camino Real from San Luis Obispo up north to San Miguel said this is the halfway point and so they built a midway mission extension right here of the San Luis Obispo and San Miguel missions right here. And what it is from the outside it looks like a barn because it's a barn built around this structure to preserve it which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So this is something that people when there's a public event here at Santa Margarita Ranch it's worth coming to even just to see this. I mean, if you sit here quietly for a second, you could practically feel the history in it. So I think we're almost done here at the Santa Margarita Ranch. One of the things they have here is behind me. This is a rail bus from the Durango and Silverton. And the story on this, which you'll find out when this video comes out, is that this is the only one left in existence. So even coming out here just to see this as you ride by on the train would be worth it because that's the only one in existence. That's cool stuff. That's it for today. Driving home now. It's about a two and a half hour drive back home. But I must say it was a good day. We ran into some old friends, met some new friends, like you saw. Met someone on the train crew that I didn't expect to meet. I didn't even know he would be here. It's just overall really great. And a cool place to go to if you ever have a chance. Santa Margarita Ranch. So that's it, signing off. I'm recording this podcast on a Tuesday, so there are a couple more things happening this week that I won't be sharing with you until next month. But suffice to say that it's been pretty busy here. So that brings us to the catch of the month. Ethan Doty sent in some photos of that Western Pacific 165, the steam restoration project I mentioned earlier that I've been following. In this first shot, WP-165 is making a run-by. On this one, the train is in the distance to show the whole consist. And finally, here's the 165 sitting with 708 to the right and the WP Museum's F units to the left. Sean Koga sends us some photos of a 2882. It's a Proto 2000 model he's been wanting for a long time and he finally got one. He says it'll need some work but that's something he's looking forward to. 
Let us know how it goes, John. These shots come from Lucas Woodward, whose catches from down under have become quite popular on the program. In this shot, we see 7A approaching Fielder on the Puffing Billy Railroad from April 3rd this year. The second photo is of 7A at the shed at Belgrave at 3 a.m. on Monday, April 25th. The next photo is just prior to departure from Belgrave. The next few photos are all from the same early morning run. Lucas, it looks like you had quite the nighttime train adventure. Thanks for sharing. If you have a catch of the month that you'd like to share, please send it to podcast at tsgmultimedia.com. Be sure you own the shot and include the what's, when's, and where's of the shots you send in. I have a few events that I want to share with you to keep you busy until the next podcast. Today, June 4th, the San Leandro Historical Railway Society is having an open house. They're at the historic San Leandro Depot next to Thrasher Park on Orchard Avenue in San Leandro. Check out slhrs.org for more information on that. Also, the Bay Area Prototype Modelers Meet is happening on June 18th at St. David's School in Richmond. Check out bayareaprototypemodelers.org for more information on that. And finally, at the end of this month and over the 4th of July weekend, the Great Western Steam-Up is happening at the Nevada State Railroad Museum in Carson City. That should be a pretty cool event with a whole bunch of visiting steam locomotives on display, as well as rides around the museum's dual-gauge track. The event starts on Friday, July 1st, and it runs through the following three days, up through Monday, July 4th. Check out greatwesternsteamup.com for more info on that event. And now for this month's program schedule. Next Friday on June 10th, we have a product spotlight. On June 11th, we have another special product spotlight that runs pretty long. On June 15th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, we go live with TSG Live Talking Trains. On June 17th, I have another product spotlight for you. On June 18th, it's Chasing Trains, Epic Trip 2021, Part 10. That's the finale of our big trip from last year. Then on the 24th, we have another product spotlight. On June 25th, it's the return of Model Railroading with Jack Burgess. So that's it for this time. I'd like to remind you that you're always welcome to join the TSG train crew on Patreon. It's as cheap as two bucks a month, and it gets you sneak peeks of upcoming features without any ads. It's at patreon.com slash tsgmultimedia. And as the weather continues to get even hotter, the events are also getting a lot better. So get out there and have some fun. I'll see you next time.